It's RYOBI days at the Home Depot. Buy a RYOBI OnePlus 2-pack battery starter kit for just 99 bucks and get one of over 20 select RYOBI OnePlus tools up to an $84 value, free. The OnePlus system also fits over 125 other RYOBI tools. So now, going cordless is almost endless. Buy the battery kit, get a free tool. RYOBI days now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through June 19th, limit one per customer while supplies last. See store for details. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. When they write my story, they're gonna say that I did it for the glory. But don't think that I did it for the fame, yeah. I did it for the love of the game, yeah. And this is my chance I'm taking. All them old records I'm breaking. All your people watching on the TV. You go ahead and put your bets on me. Hello, everyone. I am Billy Dees, and this is the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast. My co-host is Sugar Shane. How are you doing, Sugar Shane? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Can't complain. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. I can always complain, but... Well, I can, but nobody wants to hear it, so I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's just it. That's the problem right there. Nobody cares. Yeah. That's for sure. Um... Just to let everybody know, if this is your first time checking out our podcast, we are a live podcast, and we're live twice a week. We're live Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then we're live again Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, this Thursday, we're not going to be on. Is that correct? You're going to be out of town. Yeah, I don't even know what I'll be doing at 11 o'clock on Thursday night, because I'll be in the city that never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be, well. I'll be in New York City, so... Uh, I mean, I don't know what at that time of night. I could be anywhere. So we're going to postpone that one. Be back Monday night. Got big plans for uh, the Big Apple? Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few tours. I'm going to do the uh, Guggenheim this time. I'm oh, really? Going, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do a When Harry Met Sally uh, Seinfeld tour. Oh, okay. We're doing a bus ride that takes you through city. It's called the ride. It takes you through city, the city, and does all kinds of stuff. And then we're doing a wax museum that Christina wanted to do. Oh, that's cool. And then we're going to go down to which I'm sure I'll like it too. And then we're going to go down to Central Park. I want to go through it quite a bit and tour that. And then um, one night while we're there, I'm thinking maybe Times Square. They got one that's the BB King jazz club mm-hmm. but we're gonna i'm gonna still scout it out and see which ones to go to one night i just want to go to a jazz club 
and so we're going to go to something like that and i got one right there it's a good location pretty good spot so uh right right might go down there and check out that one it's actually bb king's uh his location so can't go wrong with that the seinfeld tours are you going to uh Go check out the Soup Nazi. Is that what it is? Yeah, it'll be that. I'm sure it'll be where, where, his, where his apartment <laughs> was, location. Even if you don't get to go inside, it'll be where the outside was shot right. from. Things like that. They got several Hollywood tours, so I thought I'd do that. We wanted to do that one. So, uh, yeah, well, that pretty, sounds cool. I'm pretty pumped up. I'm ready. The hardest well, good part I got you. is just missing my kids. That's the biggest part. Trying to, you know, I wished it was at a place that they were at age we could take them, but there's just no yeah. way I'm going to take a five- and two-year-old and drag, drag them around New York City. That's just, you would have to have both on a leash and everything else. People think, you know, why don't you take your kids? I'm like, you take a five and two-year-old and see how well you like it. Oh, that's ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there were people there last time we went that were doing it, and I'm like, I don't know how the hell they even do that. And it's the a, kids are miserable. I mean, oh, you know. yeah, they don't enjoy it. I mean, my kids ain't going to want to go to Guggenheim. They're not going to give a hoot about that or any of the other stuff. I mean, the bus ride might be the closest thing they like, and they probably bored out of that by about 15 minutes into it. So, yeah, you know. Well, anyway, just to let everybody know, like I said, we're live those two times normally, and of course, you can check out any of our past episodes anytime you wish, 24 hours a day, on demand. We are on the Spreaker Podcast Network. We are also on Twitter. You can find us at Sweet Truth Radio, and as a matter of fact, feel free to live tweet us during the show, and if you have the Spreaker app, it's free. If you have the Spreaker app, you can chat along with Sugar Sheen during the show and uh, just have yourself a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do want to tell one quick story. I know sure. you saw the post about what happened the other night. I hate electric stoves. I hate electric stoves. Electric like, stoves. Yeah, okay. I, like, I like gas stoves because you could tell what the heck's going on. If an eye's on, you know it. So Christina made this pan of brownies. Put them right. on the stove in a glass casserole dish, all piping hot, ready to eat. I'm excited. The kids are excited. We're going to eat them, put a little whipped cream on them, and the whole nine yards. So we're sitting down. I just made a stir fry, and I had reheated some egg drop soup that I'd made. So I sit back down on the couch, and I'm sitting there getting ready to eat. And all of a sudden, man, it sounded like a bomb went off in the house. I didn't know what had happened. And I, and I went in there and looked. And what had happened is I had put the back eye on, not the front eye, and the back eye, for some reason, I'd left it on, <laughs> and it blew that glass thing all to hell. I mean, it was like glass wow. just shattered. The only uh, the one thing I'm thankful for, that nobody was in the kitchen, because I don't know what would have happened if anybody like my kids or anything would have been in that kitchen. Right, it, right, right. It would, it would have been like shrapnel, literally, because there was glass, just particles everywhere. On the floor, it, it was everywhere. It was just awful. But that goes to show you that even me, Sugar Shane, can do something stupid as hell. So I just want to let y'all know that I am just as dumb as some other people at times. Okay. Well, <laughs> Everybody's guilty of something every now. Absolutely. I mean, we all have done uh, <laughs> some crazy things, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, Ellie said, thank God, talking about the people not being in there. Yeah, I'm glad, too. Yeah, it was, whew, I was... I, that's the first thing I thought of after it happened. What if somebody had been in here? They'd been a bloody mess. Oh, man. That's not good. No, but we didn't eat the brownies. We ended up eating fudge popsicles, so we're all good. Have you had a chance to um, um, check out The Handmaid's Tale? Where, where are you at with that? 
I'm only on the second episode because I haven't had a lot of time to watch it, but I have started it, and I do like what I've seen so far. And I want to get to the second season because I, I haven't never read the book. I don't know if uh, Jack Casey had mentioned something about a book, and I guess maybe he had read it. Okay. And uh, so he might have known. He, he, said, he said the first season was pretty much the book. So he didn't know where they were going to go with the second season. But I think he's pretty fa- pretty happy with the results so far from what I understand about him. He just hates that they only drop one episode a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He says, why don't they do it like Netflix when they got the whole thing at one time? But they don't do it that way on Hulu. Right. But uh, it is it is a phenomenal show if anybody wants to check it out. Yeah. Now, we, we should probably tell people it's not a family oh, show. There's, no. there's some bizarre uh, sexual situations in that uh, in that uh, program uh the only reason i ask uh, my wife and i haven't uh, had a chance to check out the second season yet um right. uh, she did uh we do have the hulu thing yeah so uh and uh, we did wednesday's only the second episode i believe right yeah we're not yeah. that far behind yeah well we, we, all of a sudden there seems like there's a lot to uh, and we're not big tv watchers but it just seems like all of a sudden there's a lot that we're i got kind of um i, I like scientific programs I got involved with that um, uh, One Strange Planet, One Strange Rock, I believe it's called, um, and uh, that that's hosted by Will Smith. Oh, okay. Now, a lot of the stuff that's in there I kind of know, but I like the way they present it, and you always learn something new, you know, so um, I really like the, um, I like that program, so I've been uh, uh, DVRing that, and uh, Westworld. I know. Have you haven't started I've got with it? to start Westworld. I'm going to start Westworld as soon as I because see I alternate shows when I'm getting up early in the morning, okay. and I alternate between shows. I'm trying to finish Boardwalk Empire, and okay. soon as soon as I finish that, I'm starting Westworld. So that's what I intend to do. Am I finishing that? Well, actually, I'll probably finish Six Feet Under first. Then I'll start. I'm almost. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the final season of it now. Okay, so, so, that's uh, a phenomenal series. Oh, Absolutely. gosh, man, it is fa- I mean, I will admit, it's kind of odd at times with the dreams. Oh, yeah, well, that's part of it. Yeah. But, well, exactly. I mean, they're, you know, and the, and the dreams and stuff, but it's not odd to the point that it turns me off from watching it. If yeah. anything, it makes me want to watch it more. It's intriguing. So it's a very yeah. good show. If you haven't checked it out, it's an HBO show. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But, that's one of the, my my personal opinion, that's one of the, uh, landmark cable TV series that set the bar a lot higher. Oh yeah, feet uh, under did absolutely very well uh, written and a great cast. Very great yeah. cast. Uh, the West World is something I from the way you talk, you like a lot of that futuristic and you know like the little uh, things about where consciousness resides and uh, what is your reality really? How many people actually know their reality? All this stuff is kind of put into Westworld. Right. And for those for those of you who may not know the premise, the 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 original goes way back. I believe Michael Crichton was behind that and of course he's done some some of the best stories ever. And um the uh the original movie, man, I'm saying I'm going to say that's early 70s. Um and uh, it was basically an amusement park. It was a Westworld themed amusement park. And that was it was futuristic kind of, although they didn't overplay that. But uh, the premise was that there was these robots who were, you know, gunfighters and prostitutes and all these other things. And you went into this town and you kind of pretended that you were back in, the, you know, the, the old West. I would love that. 
<laughs> yeah. Like if you shot somebody or whatever, you know, you, you you killed a robot. You didn't actually kill a person. Right. Well, obviously something goes wrong and the, the, the robots revolt. And this, uh, the, the series takes that story because of the fact that it's a series. It's much longer, you know, because it's an hour every week. Uh, like I said, they take that into um, some pretty interesting places. These these robots, there's a few of them that start to realize something isn't right about their reality, and they start developing consciousness. Mm, and and yeah, and it's, and then you know you start to to because these these robots question their their reality. Of course, it makes the audience wonder: Do we ever question our reality? Right. You know. So. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of parallels in that, and I got to say, the first season I would give two very strong thumbs up. Cool. Two very very strong thumbs up. Have you seen now, any of the second? Uh, yeah, and that's what I was going to get into. I'm still my wife really she really likes it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm still kind of getting with it. They're they're doing a lot, and they did it last season too. But they're doing a lot where. They're they're showing you things that already happened, and then things that are happened currently, and then they go back and forth from different perspectives of the characters. Uh, you really got to hang with it close. Yeah, that's uh, I don't mind that kind of as long as it makes sense. Because uh, even yeah. a, even a script that I'm uh, fixing to be working on on my own, I ain't going into all the details. It's going to have a lot of flashback sequences, even going back as far as a hundred years, even. So. Uh, that doesn't bother me as long as you can do it and make it believable with the story. I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah, it's and, and the acting is superb. The acting is superb. Um, the the people that play the machines do it so well. Um, and uh, I, I got to say, it's production value is through the roof. Absolutely through. The roof. Uh, I'm still. Uh, I have. I have it, uh, I'm. I'm going to hold back my. Uh, whether I like it or not, for a few more episodes, because I'm not sure where they're going to go with this. Right. And I'm just, um, we're, we're going to kind of wait and see here. <laughs> but I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, I, I absolutely would recommend it to anyone, but I would definitely say this is a series where you got to see the first season first. You, okay. Or you're not going to know what's going on. Well, I'll tell you what, now is actually a great time to get involved. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that people should be sitting on the couch eating bonbons, watching TV all day. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But we live in a time now where so much is readily able and available to us through Hulu, Netflix, oh, Amazon absolutely. Prime, and all this. And they're all making their own original shows. And every week, you can find a new season of something if you want to check it out and give it a shot and watch because there's just so much new stuff now. And yeah. I like it like that because I don't binge watch. Don't get me wrong. My wife could. I can't. I can't right. sit and watch 10 episodes of anything in a row because I just I, – my, maybe my attention span's not that long. I don't know. Right. But but I, I would not want to watch something that concurrent unless it be a really good movie. And even then, three or four hours and I'm done, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and it has to be really good for me to last that long. But right. uh, but I can watch an episode. Like, like I said, I like to alternate shows. I do the same thing when I'm reading. I read five books at one time. 
because I have to be able to read one subject and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go from this to that because I like to read different genres, different stuff. And I do the same thing. Like right now, I got five books that I'm reading on my Kindle that I just, I just, whatever I'm in the mood for, I'll tap it and hit that. And that's what I read. And, uh, it's just something that I, I have to do personally because I just can't stand to just sit and read one thing straight through. Right. Right. I mean, so, but that's the way I am with TV as well or whatever right. the case may be. Sure. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about show business a little bit at the first is because um, this White House correspondence dinner over here over the weekend. Um, I don't know if you followed this or not. I heard a little bit about it. Okay. The the long and the short of it is President Trump. It's been a longstanding tradition that the president of the United States usually goes to these. But I don't believe he did last year. And he skipped it this year. He went to a... um, what amounted to a campaign rally. And um, actually, and, and I'm not the only one who said this, but what he said, at, <clears throat> excuse me, what he said at that campaign rally was actually funnier than what went on at that uh, White House correspondence. <laughs> <clears throat> now, with that being said, I want to be clear here. Okay. Uh, for those of you who may not know what the, what the controversy was. Now I'd, I'd never heard of this uh, comedian before. Her name is Michelle Wolf. Have you? Do you know who she was? Never heard of her. I I I I, I don't know where they get these comedians for these high profile deals. I don't know where they get them. Um, and in the past, the good ones are probably booked up or don't want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the past, there's always been a thing where yeah naturally the the comedian would walk on thin ice with some of the jokes aimed at the president or different people in the room or what have you but they didn't usually do something overt okay and it seems like the uh the last couple years that's kind of gotten thrown out the window and some of these people have said some very abrasive things Mm. now where i'm going with this is this i know a lot of people that are very critical of this uh, Mich- uh, Michelle Wolf, okay. Some of the stuff she said was funny. Some of it wasn't. Um, one of the things that she said here. Now I, I didn't uh, take it in that night, but I've heard snippets on the radio. I've heard snippets on TV all day long. <clears throat> right. And uh, she she made a joke about abortion, which is always um, that's a very touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was. Aiming the comments at uh, Mike Pence saying that she, he thinks abortion is murder, which, first of all, don't knock it until you try it. And the whole crowd just went, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's not even, you know, even if you are pro-life or, or I mean, pro-choice, I mean, that's not a, that's nothing that should be said. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, she, she made some, um, she, I'm not going to go through all of it, but she made, she made some remarks about, uh, uh, masturbating in front of the crowd and some other stuff. And and here, here's the thing. Um, she got bigger balls than I do. (laughs) Well, first of all, okay. I, I am not one of these people who is in a perpetual state of outrage. Okay. I, I don't, uh. I don't, and I said this before, I don't care if it's Rosie O'Donnell, I, I don't care if it's Sean Hannity, I, I, these people can express their opinions and do whatever they want to do, and if you don't like it, just turn them off. I, I don't like, I, I believe that this notion that we have to make people we don't like go away, 
is a very tra- dangerous trend in this country. Okay. And it's really not so much a free speech issue because it's not the government that's getting involved in any censorship. But what does concern me is the public is taking the place of a, of, of a dictatorship. Okay, the public is starting to, uh, you know, shame people that they don't like. They're trying to start these boycotts about people that they don't like. And I can't believe that they don't have anything better to do. I mean, I, I don't know what these people do for a living. I mean, that's all they got to do. I, I, I don't understand it. But anyway. Yeah, I, I, that's what always wonders me is these people that boycott and protest all the time. What kind of damn jobs they have? Yeah. Kate, I mean, I, I don't have the time to do all that. <laughs> no. And uh, it, the, to dissect this, um, you know, I, I don't want to make her go away. Okay. I, I don't want to shame her. Okay. But there is a question, first of all, of appropriateness. So we're going to talk about that. And then there's the second thing. And here again, not legal appropriateness. Okay. She, especially at, at, a, at a, you know, a, 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 an event that's reflective of government. Free speech reigns. Okay. So uh, with that being said, I don't know if it's really a governmental event, but obviously it's called the White House Correspondence Dinner, and it's all about the press and the government, so <laughs> it certainly fits. Um, and the other thing um, is when I went through my comedy troupe, I went through a comedy troupe a number of years ago, and uh, we got prepped to uh, to go on stage. And, and, and the nightclub that, um, that had us – I mean, they used to pump this night up. It was, a, I believe, a Tuesday night. And they had it like once every three months. People that went through this, uh, this development group, they had them come on and they advertised it on the radio. Radio people were there. And then they had a headliner there, too. They had a regular headliner. And one of the things that uh, we talked about in that group is that it's one thing to say something that's offensive. But you can get away with it as long as it's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the, the the problem with a lot of the snippets that I heard from Michelle Wolf, forget that they're offensive. Okay, you can just kind of put that aside for a moment. There's nothing in there that was that original. Okay, those remarks were designed to have shock value. Yeah. That's okay. probably all she wanted to do. They, they were designed to have shock value. And they she weren't just fun. doing it for. She probably just doing it for uh, for publicity's sake more than anything. Yeah. But, uh. Well, anyway, like like I said, so let's talk about the appropriateness first. Um, you know, I I did a a, a a small stint as as a as a stand up, and I worked uh, exclusively in clubs. Uh, but you know, some of my friends that were. Uh, more established, I guess, um, would do the corporate events. And um, they sometimes pay a lot more. You know, just like being a disc jockey, um, you know, doing a wedding or, or an event like that often paid a lot more than some of the things that you feel are more prestigious, like working on the radio or whatever. And um, I, uh, I, I never did a private event as a stand-up. I did a lot of DJ gigs, but I never did a private event as a as a stand up. Um, but w- um, what I would say in a nightclub, and this was true when, when I was a disc jockey as well, you know, there were things that I would do 
on the microphone when I was working in a nightclub. And there were there was music I would play in a nightclub that I would never play at a wedding. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's the other way around. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at 10 o'clock on a Friday night in a nightclub, if I'd have played the hokey pokey, I'd have gotten my ass kicked. Exactly. And, and, if you go to, and if you go to a wedding, and if unless they've asked for it, you don't want to throw push it on by salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there's a lot worse now. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. tame by today's standards. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> Uh, there is a question of appropriateness. And just like when you're a music programmer, okay, now you come from the radio world. When, when you're programming music for a, a radio station and you have a, a given format, you have to stay in a certain lane, okay? And when you do a wedding in terms of how you act, you know, how you, how you handle yourself, how you dress is, is, is in a certain lane, Okay, and when you're uh, uh, working in a nightclub, you know the, the the lane is completely different. All right, right. I don't understand why some of these comedians don't understand that because the same principle applies. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you're working at at a White House correspondence dinner. I, I don't know that you want to bring trash talk that you're going to be saying at, at, a, at a at a comedy club after midnight no i mean you have to make sure your material matches your audience and the, and the location and your surroundings yeah and then the, yeah i agree i don't know why she would even brought anything like that i mean I, unless it be just like you said shock value right but. It, yeah, and that's what it was. It, it, it was in the, the abortion thing, and that's something that the left, the left will often do uh, when they're talking about abortion. Is uh, they'll say something shocking to get their point across, and and I, I don't know that that's the best way to influence people. Now, I'm generally pro-choice, and and when I talk about uh, uh, you know the abortion issue, I never play light with that subject. Never. And if I was doing a stand-up act and I was going to work something like abortion into my into my act, I can't imagine how I would arrange that material. But I can tell you it would not be designed to shock the audience. If anything, it would be something like George Carlin would do. Right. You know, make, make think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he knew how you to know, do it and do it tastefully. Yeah, challenge your beliefs. Okay. Um, just to stick it in your face and say, "Listen to this." That that is that's that's not funny, which is the worst sin of all if you're a stand-up comedian. Okay, and um, second of all, it, the the point does does get across. Also, does it shock somebody? So it, it's a lose lose situation. Yeah, I think if I was a stand-up comic, I'd stay away from any kind of race jokes. And any kind of anything to do with anything like abortion and whatnot, I'd stick to. I would stick to just everyday life experiences I had myself, like I've said before, and just exaggerate on it. That'd be pretty much what I do, or things I've noticed outside in life of other people, or whatever the case may be. It, because uh, when you're talking about abortion, whether you're for or against it, going that route and talking, making a joke out of it, it's very dangerous. I mean, that can go, especially a crude one like that. Don't yeah. knock it. I mean, that's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's stupid. Yeah. That, that, that's, 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 that's not funny. It's just dumb. Yeah. Well, anyway, on the subject of showbiz, 
Here we go. The Avengers earned $250 million, beating Star Wars The Force Awakens. Right. In the opening weekend. Um, wow. That's a lot of money. Um, I'm that's- not. I, I don't know why. I like movies for the most part as much as anybody else. And we talked about these television shows that I, you know, I like these shows. I don't know why, but I can't get into this, this superhero stuff. I mean, I, I like the uh, Dark Knight and, and this and that, uh, you know, but, but just one after the other. It's getting, I will admit, it's beginning to get a bit much. I think, uh, I put that on a thing today on Facebook is, uh, to me, the Avengers has got a, it's, it's ran its course. I mean, yeah, it made $250 million, and they'll probably be a part eight or whatever the hell they're up to now. But the reason why I say that for me it's not that a good thing is because to me it's, it's hurt a lot of careers <clears throat> of some of these actors, whether they've realized it yet or not. Now, they're making a lot of money, and if that's your goal is greed and you want just the money, then great, you've 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 reached your goal and your success in your eyes if that's what your success is. But if you're wanting the art itself, they're going to keep going down the road their own, and nobody's going to take them for a movie seriously. This is why people like Leonardo DiCaprio has never done a movie like this, and people and people like that because they refuse to do that stuff because they don't want to be typecasted. Robert Downey Jr. I couldn't tell you the last time he's done a movie that where he didn't play Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be. Nobody in Hollywood's going to take you seriously if all you do is superhero movies. Yeah. That's just the long and the short of it. Sorry. And um, I'm hoping the guy that plays Sherlock, I can't remember his name now, this plays Doctor Strange. I hope he don't go down this road because I like him as an actor, and I'd hate for him to get typecasted as well. And the next thing you know, he isn't even getting a decent role. Yeah. And I don't have nothing against superhero movies, some of them. But to be a, to make two hundred and fifty million dollars in a weekend doesn't really show nothing to me, and this is why I say that. It's a great mark, I guess, if it's about the money, but it doesn't show me that the movie's good. It shows me that a lot of people wanted to go see it, and it drummed up a lot of publicity, and when people went out and saw it, just because a movie makes two hundred and fifty million dollars in a movie doesn't mean one damn thing. If the movie's ever worth a shit. That just well, especially on opening weekend, especially exactly. because because you have a curiosity factor. Now the word of mouth is either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. You know, now you have who knows how many million people that that caught this movie that are going to turn around and say, "Man, that movie sucked" or whatever. And 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 generally, which what, what you have to look into is like four or five weeks out. Right. Like like the black the Black Panther, I guess, held very well. It did. It did. It's okay. still playing in some theaters. Okay, so you know that tells me that within that genre, it's not something that I would want to run out and, and check out. But uh, that tells me within that genre, it, it's doing very well. Now, if this movie here next week is already in third or fourth place, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my doubts about um, how good it was. Well, you got well, it's gonna be, it's probably not gonna it's probably gonna drop, and here's the reason why: because we're coming along that time of year. Next week, you got another movie dropping. It's gonna knock it out of first place, and that's Solo. May 4th, Solo comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, another Star Wars deal. That's just what I need. (laughs) Well, this is a standalone movie, but it is about the Star Wars genre. But Star Wars is different in the aspect that it's not a superhero movie. It's about a universe itself. And the reason why it's different is it doesn't hurt careers, as Harrison Ford's already proven. 
He went on to do other stuff. He's been a fabulous actor, even with Star Wars or without it. He'd have made it. So, um, Sherlock Holmes too. That'd be part three, but they've already done two Sherlock Holmes. He said, <laughs> Tony says, I think they're doing a Sherlock Holmes too. That's, there's going to be a third one if they do another one because they've already had two. But, um, okay, I guess he's thinking about Robert Downey Jr. But they, and he did a good job as Sherlock Holmes, but, Honestly, the only movie I know of that he did besides the superhero movies in the last few years is that one he did with Robert Duvall. And I can't remember the name of it, where he plays his son and his dad's the judge. That's the last movie I know he's done. I don't even know what that was. The one, the, the, the last time I went to a theater to see Robert Downey Jr. was that one with Galifianakis when he's traveling out of the country together with him. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't remember the name of that movie. There was something about. Oh, prank. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It was a good movie, though. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. The the, the masturbating dog was funny. You know, yeah, was funny. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a good movie. I, I can't remember the name yeah. of it either, but yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, it was a good, I love Robert Downey Jr. That's why I said, uh, yeah. if, you've ever, if you haven't never seen Chaplin, that. Oh, one, okay. Have you ever seen that? I I'm, I'm familiar with it. That's a, that's oh, quite a bit. Old. That's your old, isn't it? That's an older little, one. Yeah, it's an older movie, but it shows his acting caliber. I thought when he came back on the scene and got over his drug problem, he would go back to do a movie. Due date was the name of the movie. Tony said. Due that's date. Right. Yeah. Due date. Other, that's what. It is. Yeah. And the other movie was The Judge. Yes, that, and that, it was the a good judge. movie. Okay. I don't remember that one. But if you ever go back and watch Chaplin, I'm talking about this dude. He narrowed Charlie down to a T man. I'm talking about yeah. UAT. It was almost like watching, uh, what's his name? Jim Carrey play Andy Kaufman. It was yeah. that good. And uh, he done a very a fantastic job, and I loved the movie. And if you go, and if uh, I thought when he came back, he would start doing some more stuff like that. And he did a couple of movies that were really good when he came back. But then uh, he started doing this Iron Man thing, and uh, oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that is a excellent movie with Robert Downey Jr. Okay, yeah, that is a excellent movie. It's got Val Kilmer in it. Oh my God, does he play Val? Oh, Robert, sounds good. Yeah, Robert Robert Downey Jr. plays a fantastic character. I mean, it is awesome. It's uh, it's kind of done in like a uh, nor type written style like an old 50s or 40s kind of like a humphrey bogart written style okay but it's, okay. Not, but it's not based in that time period it's based in our current time but it's done like that in a weird kind of way as far as the writing style and yeah it's an excellent movie yeah yeah kiss kiss bang bang was way before iron man but yeah it was a it's an excellent movie i've got it or i had it i might still have it i have to check but it is a very good movie but um but I thought he was going to go down the road and start doing some serious stuff. But uh, Tony says he believes this was his last movie as Iron Man. All right. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping, man. I mean, I don't have nothing, like I've said before, I don't have nothing along with super superhero movies. But I think enough is enough. They've done enough damn Spider-Mans, you know, give it a break for a while. They've had like three different Spider-Mans in the last number of years. And, uh, it's, you know, and, and and if you're into that type of thing, I guess that's where you're the one that's spending $250 million. That's fine. Or you want to support that $250 million, I should say. But me, I'm more of a drama type guy. I'm drama driven. Yeah. If I got, if I go to a, either that or a really good comedy, and it has to be a really good comedy, but I'm more of a drama guy. I like stuff that's really, you know, story driven. Like oh, absolutely. Stuff, yeah. Sure. Like, uh, you know, the movie about uh, Stephen Hawking. That was one of the best yes. movies I've seen in a long time. That kind oh, that of was fantastic! Yeah, that if I could get a movie like that and acting in a movie like that, that would be a success to me. Not doing a superhero movie—that's just my view. 
I would take I'm, the money. I'm on board with you. Yeah. I would take the money in a superhero movie, but I really wouldn't make myself get stuck in that rut. I would hold that $20 million I got paid to do that movie, and I'd wait for a decent role the next time, and I'd turn down any of that stuff again because I would be trying to get a better role. That's just me. Each is, each yeah. is their own to their, their opinion of success, though. Yeah. To me, these uh, – and I've tried watching some of them. I mean, they're, they're like real high-tech cartoons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're watching video games. And and I don't get where people say that they're so inspirational and they're so this and that because the stories are so far. I can't even get into them. I wouldn't exactly call them inspirational. And here you're talking to a motivational guru. And I ain't no, never watched. I'm, I'm serious. There's people that, 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 that are all – this character meant so much to me, like the Black Panther and Wonder Woman and all these, oh and all these people. They're characters drawn on a piece of paper that they turned into actors. Don't get it. And I, I, well, I get it. You know, like with the Black Panther, uh, the idea that minorities haven't been, you know, represented with big black. That part of it, I, I, I understand it, but it it frustrates me with these superhero movies in general. And, and as a matter of fact, I'll take that a step further. I, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. Somebody did an analysis on, on the very top movies. None of them, maybe one or two, were actually set in the real world. Wow. Jesus. Okay. And, uh, and I mean by that, age, uh, not, uh, you know, with, without some character that wasn't real. Okay, like this Avengers, I don't know where that takes place, if it takes place on Earth or whatever, but these characters aren't real. So you either have a a combination of things where the characters are are not realistic, or you have a setting. You're in a different planet. You're in a, you, you, all, all of these big stories that are, that are, that are getting all the traction right now are stories that don't take place in the, either in the real world or with real characters or both. Yeah, it's just I I, I haven't heard it. I hadn't heard the inspirational part, but God, somebody could have you know somebody could make the argument. Well, that's what movies are for. They're for escapism and all that, and and that's fine. Okay, but I I can't waste that much time in my life. Do you drive out to wherever it is that you that you're going to go see this movie? You wait in line, you buy the popcorn, and you sit down. You know, it's three, four hours, whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is I can't do that to watch cartoons, to yeah. watch cartoons. I, I just can't do it. Well, that's what I don't like about it. That's, why, uh, that's one of the reasons. people give me a hard time, but that's one of the reasons why I don't like them is there's so much CGI and they don't know how to mix it in. And that's what I, I know. People give me a hard time about Lord of the Rings, but that's what I liked about Lord of the Rings is that even though it was a fantasy world, it was believable in some sense. You didn't have a bunch of magic flying around. There wasn't all that throughout the whole movie. Right. And and it was what they, and their battle scenes and all wasn't all CGI. Everything there was a lot of acting done within that movie and a lot like you said, miniatures and stuff. They were all used in that movie. There wasn't a whole bunch of computer generated shit throughout the whole movie. Yeah. There was it took skill, it took talent to make that movie. I mean, it took three damn years to make the movies. So I mean, we're not talking about something that was made in six months in a damn studio behind a green screen and that was it. Yeah. This took this took some real stuff. 
that's one of the reasons why I have a deep admiration for those movies. It's not just because of the, the books, although I love fantasy novels. That's not the only reason why I like it. It's because I like I understand the work that went into those movies. I, yeah. under, I understand the blood, sweat, and tears that Peter Jackson. That's why he didn't even want to do The Hobbit. He had no desire to do those three Hobbit movies. But when the director quit, he waited a while before he even finally decided. Everybody thinks he jumped on board right away, but he didn't. Yeah. It took a while for him to finally jump on board because he didn't want to go through that tiresome ordeal of having to make three more movies. Yeah. But he but he did it, and he did it well. But that's what, mm-hmm. I, but that's what I'm saying. As I can't stand movies that that's all, that's why I said I couldn't get into Transformers. It was like watching a bunch of damn computers go off, go at it out in the middle of the air somewhere yeah. with a bunch of robots. I could the, watch a video game and get that. The, the Incredible Hulk um, was on TV the other day, and I'm telling you, to me, I would have rather had Lou Ferrigno in there. <laughs> that, 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 that thing to me looked absolutely ridiculous oh if you're talking yeah yeah it is it's uh, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about it doesn't even I, I know the one version they made that made the incredible hulk so damn big that it was nowhere near believable i mean not in any of it's believable but it was like this dude was like as tall as damn buildings or something and i'm like the incredible hulk wasn't that big in the comic books he was just a bigger dude bucked up like lou ferrigno yeah, you know, and then they tried to make him out some kind of crazy crap. Yeah, right. I. Well, you know, that's just my opinion. I know there's people out there that say we need superheroes, and and the subtext of these characters is that they're for truth and they're for honor and defending the weak, and you know that's all great. Yeah. But it, it, it's come back down I, to I, earth, people. You know, <laughs> just just like with with all the hype with the with with the Black Panther. All, all the hype with the Black Panther and how special that was. And, and same with Wonder Woman. You know, you had a strong female character and that was supposed to mean a lot. And if it does mean all those things to you, I respect that. I am, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from your experience. But at the same time, I would like a real character. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a historical character that's a woman or something like that. Make $200 million in the weekend. Yeah, you. Uh, we we got a long ways for that ever happen. Yeah, and that's 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 the that's the thing that bugs me is yeah. I don't I I would feel a lot better if movies that and 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 that type of thing also were big hits. Okay, but 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 if you make something that's real and authentic about a let's say a. a uh, a historical figure of some kind or a significant uh, minority character of some kind or a female character of some kind. Make a uh, movie about Frederick Douglass. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I'm talking that's about. That's somebody or, you should be inspired by, not oh, the Black or, Panther. Or Sitting <laughs> Bull or yeah. somebody like that, Crazy Horse. You know, th- 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 these are movies that, I, I, if they were done in a realistic fashion and, and done, you know, historically, now naturally there has to be some some poetic license to make the movie enjoyable. I understand that, but um, if one of those movies would also make the hundred, two million, hundred dollar openings, I wouldn't feel so bad. I mean, look but at the, Lincoln. But the only, the only thing, yeah, the only thing that that, that how how did Lincoln do? It wasn't it exactly. Did, a, it did well. But it wasn't no two hundred and something million dollars. No, 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 and, and that's and and, and that was a a a, a long um, what's the word I'm looking for here? That, that documentary type 
Very drama movie. Yeah, it was fabulous, but I, I can understand why that didn't have the commercial success. Right. Um, but but you know, it, it, you could make a movie that has a commercial feel to it that is still viable, is still authentic. Um, and um, to me, if those movies did well as well, like I said, I wouldn't care so much. But when the only movies that do well are the yeah. digital cartoons, yeah. I lose interest. I'll ask you a question, and you can yeah. be honest. Sure. Do you do you think Daniel Day Lewis would take a role playing Iron Man or any of these cats? Probably not. Hell no, he would. Ain't no way in the world. There ain't no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it'd be enough money because the guy yeah. loves the art too much. Yeah. So that's why I don't think he ever would. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's where you got to consider. I'm not saying that the, I'm not, if, if this is your genre, this is your kind of movie, we're not knocking that. But I, but for me personally and for Billy, we just like something with a little bit more substantial storyline, a little bit more umph to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, how much time do we have there? I know we're getting minute, done. To oh, the that's a minute and a half. Minute and a half. I won't get into anything else other than to say we're going to be off on Thursday. Okay, and for those of you who catch us and the whole crew tomorrow night on the SKO Radio Show, we're not going to be there either. So we're going to be off tomorrow night on SKO Radio, then off again on our podcast on Thursday night. So we will return. Uh, when will you be back? Uh, we'll be back Monday night for the show. Okay, Monday, Monday night. night. Let's yeah. see, one, one week from tonight, uh, same time, same channel, we will be here. Right. In the meantime, you can tweet us. If you have something you'd like us to discuss, go ahead and tweet us. Um, here again, real easy to find on Twitter, at Sweet Truth Radio. And once again, I'm Billy Dees, and thank you very much for listening, and I'll, I'll give it to you, Shane, to close it out. Well, uh, it was a good show, man. I pre- that was a really good show. I like uh, movies and stuff, so that was really I enjoyed that. Well, very well done. Uh, like I said, we're not knocking it if you like it, but just uh, try to. If you don't understand what we're saying, try to. We've given some of your stuff a shot. Give what we're saying a shot. Go check out There Will Be Blood, and Last of the Mohicans, and stuff like that. Check those movies out. You yeah, might man. be su- you might be surprised. Other than that, man, y'all have a good one. We'll see you in a week. Maybe I'll have a couple stories for you. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.